It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter, two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in, what do you bet on Twitter, with music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett, and with me as per usual, I bring to you the Chatter Talk Aaron Flotham. Boy, I usually don't step on the introduction. That was a good one, John. Just I'm, I'm going to try and talk right over top of you. You're like, I got one speed, go. And I'm like, I'm still, oh, oh, hi, we're starting. Hi, John. What's going on, man? Hey, it's it's been uh, about a month and a half uh, coming off. Uh, I mean, the last time the last time we were we able had to a talk win. about yeah. a Packers win, <laughs> we were talking about a Brewers win. This is correct. The Brewers, until this day, had uh, until this game here, this last game, uh, the Brewers had a more recent win than the Packers. And that is no longer true now, thankfully. Here we go. So cheers. And, yep. And the Watson <laughs> kids showed up, and that was great. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into all of that. First off, we do want to thank you all for joining us for another wonderful week. Uh, and we want to remind you that, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, the show itself is on Twitter, at Pod. I am on Twitter, at NotSoHumbleHost. Aaron is on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at CheddarTalkJohn, at CheddarTalk. <laughs> and as we were talking about during the pregame, I, uh, I, have, uh, I, have, I have started some fire on the Twitter with the old Vikings fans. Basically, this is the best. Uh, uh, yeah, calling to arms all Packers fans that are trolls like me on Twitter sometimes. And uh, from now on, it, it's very rare that the Vikings have a team that's better than ours, like a lot better than ours. And in this case right now, record-wise, definitely way better than ours. So I said, from now on, I want uh, I want Packers fans to do what Vikings fans do. And every time the Vikings win, get on Twitter and troll them with the refs it, obviously, the refs wanted the Vikings to win. Yes, the, do it. the refs gave you the game. Must be nice having the refs in your back pocket. Yeah, and it's 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 my pinned tweet on Twitter too. So it's like it's not <laughs> like I'm even hiding it. Like just go do it, people. Like oh yeah, let's, it's so good. Let's, let's do this. And you know, one click on my profile, and you any Vikings fan would go, oh, all right, I don't even need to argue. This guy's a jerk. But uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's get get get, get, get your drink on. So. It's going to be fantastic, and Aaron's right. We should totally go at Vikings. I mean, every time they're losing, like, well, the refs just give it to you. The refs just give it to you. You guys aren't actually even good. Like, we're the better team, but the refs just so just let's, let's start making a whole bunch of images of Vikings fans partying with um, the refs. You know, on the party boat, the love boat, as we all know. Yeah. Let's put them on there. Let's do that. Uh, it's just going to be fantastic. Let's just go at them because they are the better team right now, and uh, they've earned it, and now they've earned – you know, hearing what it sounds like to have Vikings fans talking at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyhow, uh, let's roll right into everything that we've got this week. We have plenty to discuss, and we'll start everything off with the segment that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right, so main event, we've got Packers. And this time, I- like Aaron already told us, we have a Packers win. Just to think, last week we were good. We were thinking about demoting the Packers to the number two spot on the lineup for the podcast uh, <laughs> behind the Bucks because it was like, well, yeah, I, I guess we have to. 
but uh, here we are um, after a very exciting win too against a uh, a favorite team. Um, this is uh, part of the, the the Brett Favre curse, I call it, or the um, Jim, uh, Jimmy Jones cur- or Jimmy Johnson curse. Uh, children of the '90s like me, um, that 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 the three years in a row that the uh, they they three peated right the Cowboys. Uh, well, not three straight years. Only one team has ever won three straight. John? Actually, it's two different teams, but they're both the Packers. So the Cowboys won three, but they were non-consecutive. They had two in a row. I forget. They had one space, and then they had... And then uh, they had the Switzer Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but, yeah, so like I said, I even tweeted it yesterday. I was like, and this is the same true with this, uh, the year that uh, the Jared Cook catch on the left sideline, yes. and then we went and proceeded to get smoked by the Falcons. I didn't even care. Like, that was my oh, yeah, Super Bowl. Huh. This this was my Super Bowl. I really don't care if the Packers win another game this year. Watching them beat the Cowboys and doing it again on a last second pass by Rodgers and then Mason Crosby being the greatest uh being the greatest closer of all time. Sorry Mariano Rivera. It it's it's Crosby. <laughs> Mariano Rivera. All right. I'm just saying, you know, close out the game. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it was it was good to see, and uh, especially with all the smack that was going around too. You saw that uh, McCarthy came rolling in wearing the uh, the tan uh, Lombardi jacket, jacket. and yeah. then apparently as they were running into the uh, locker rooms just before the start of the game at the end of warmups, they uh, ran right down the Packers sideline like in you know, an intimidation thing. And <laughs> and honest and honestly, one Amari Rogers muffed punt. Uh, take that away and i think the packers might have actually ran away with this game but there there's a couple things that i I like to point out that i got from watching this game the first one is the the packers look better and aaron Rodgers looked better when we made him the second weapon like the, the we led we ran 39 times i mean that is counting a couple rushes by Rodgers, which were not designed runs uh and through 20 so essentially run twice as much as you throw let Aaron be very much like how the Badgers use Graham Mertz. Run, run, throw a couple times to keep him off balance. Rodgers was throwing to keep them off balance and did it in a couple spots where it mattered, but he got enough throws to kind of stay in rhythm, get in rhythm, easier p- passes. And by the way, just so everyone can remember again, guys were running wide open. Like Rodgers was not throwing a pass to a guy who was like, I don't know, he's going to have to throw him open like he used to do. Uh, these guys were just gone and man um we've said this before but it bears being said again uh, christian watson has big boy speed uh like fast for the nfl kind of speed big boy speed and big boy agility <sighs> yeah too. agility is key there's a lot of guys that can run straight really fast that guy can move the route on on the i think it was the third touchdown where he runs the like the quick slant to the to the um basically into a post right you know so he runs you know deep and then to the post again um those are sharp cuts uh that was a good route and just made him look silly and running that out of the little bunch trips there to get him going uh well designed and he ran it perfectly he really ran that perfectly and gave a wide open target there too um the the first touchdown he had there his first touchdown of his career um he's got the guy beat by two three yards Gets led back a little back and then a little to the outside. It's not yeah, a bad throw. It's not a bad throw. I'm not going to bash on Rodgers for that. It, it was fine because the corner still wasn't going to catch up to it. But mm-hmm. what I want to say is 
that was a really good adjustment on a ball going yeah. leading himself back into the sideline to catch it over his shoulder was a great tracking of the ball through the air by a young player and he could have given up feeling bad about dropping a couple early one you know he's falling to the ground but should have had I mean, he had two drops early and yeah. was in the blue tent before the end of the first quarter. And we're like, well, here we go again. Yeah. You know, and he came right back. And then when he did the flip, the thing that we keep thinking about is like, oh he is showing everybody how not hurt he is. He's like yeah. concussions, legs, you know, ankles, whatever. I don't care. Watch me do a backflip. And that's the first time I think I've ever seen a Packers player do a backflip after. A... I mean, I've seen Packers players do flips, like trying to catch things or getting into the end zone, but the yeah. first time I've ever seen him do a backflip. Um, My back favorite backflip is still Sagapalu, the old nose tackle for the Green Bay Packers who now plays for the Pittsburgh Maulers. It's okay. like, like 325 and he could do a backflip. Crazy. Dude's crazy. Yeah. Uh, backtracking on what you're saying. Yeah. The, the running game, Aaron Rodgers was legit. His uh, he even got that one sweet block from Aaron Rodgers on a cutback yes. play. <laughs> Rodgers Rogers looked like, last year Rodgers. Rodgers looked like five years ago Rodgers in this game. I'm not even it it, it was and, night and day. And um, it was it was changing how he was used. It's not let's yeah. run a lot of RPOs which you're just going to turn into passes and let's just force yeah. you to force plays. It and was you're going to be the second option. Just him, make him, a couple him, things him, here and there. Yeah, him getting mad and him lip him shooting off at LaFleur especially at the end of the game which I think was legit. There was legit anger like yeah that's different than bitching. Like he's been bitching for God, like a, a year and a half now, especially this year where it just seems like it's like, what, what, what's going on here? You know, like the, the resting, the resting Rogers face, you know, like, but you know, he was into it and he was fired up. Um, that one where he got ran over on that touchdown run, uh, when Jones cut it back, yeah, even he got up laughing about that one and, and did the, uh, the guns. Yeah. Yeah, and they uh, and they kept his they kept him clean yesterday too. That's the other yeah. thing. I he only got hit a couple times. Um, and thank you to against, the Cowboys for keeping Parsons off ball. Yeah, all the, game. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, yeah. Thank you for putting him at strong safety most of the game. What the hell was that? Anyways, um, uh, but uh, but yeah. So Jones looked really good. Uh, Dylan looked better. Um, yep. Dylan's decisive pretty pedestrian so far this year. Um, he pushed a pile once. And I said, that's, that's the guy I remember that's, that's from last year, need. because up to this point, Roger Jones has been the, the, the bigger runner, like yes. for the smaller guy, he hits the whole heart. And is it just me or does Jones get face masked or horse collared on every single play? He's at hand height, I guess height. for his face yeah. because he's and he just... runs low. Cause it seems like he's always like they could call face masking on every single tackle on that dude if not horse collar i think they're um, mostly it's like their hands are kind of going where their eyes are looking and i think yeah. that all of them are just uh just like i think the nfl players get lost in his eyes and they're just like <laughs> grab at his face because that's where he, they're looking he, i think they get pretty, lost in his eyes pretty, he is pretty dreamy he is dreamy. um but but yeah you want you want to talk about uh quick twitch you know you're talking about watson i'll get back to him too in just a second because yeah. his stat line's amazing that quick twitch, like uh, Jones jumping into the end zone and doing the Marshawn Lynch. Yes. Like how in that moment, like most Here's of us would be running, like yeah. most of us would be running terrified to get that corner. I mean, there was a couple of years ago against, I think it was the Cowboys, right? It was the Cowboys like, where he waved. Yeah. When he did the little wave in his face and he got the, he got the fine for it. Right. Yes. And, uh, and uh, this one, yeah. He instead he did the Marshawn Lynch 
Michael Jackson crotch grab into the end zone. Yeah. Um, that was uh uh intense. Uh I, Jones is really <laughs> good, guys. Jones is an amazing running back. He is um uh, God, right now in the NFL, I uh, I mean King Henry is pretty much the creme de la creme just because of his size. He's he's so he's so different though. Like he's Henry, who we're gonna see on Thursday. He's a different what kind of weapon altogether. But as far as like, yeah. you know, you put him up against the Delvin Cooks, you put him up against the uh, um, McCaffreys. Um, man, he's right there. Like he's so good. Like he's electric. I mean, what was it? He averaged almost six yards a carry. He had 134 yards. Had the one touchdown. And then, of course, the stat line of the game, man. Um, uh, Christian Watson four uh, catches. Four catches three touchdowns, a hundred and some Seven. odd yards. Came out to like, yeah. yeah. 107 came out to, what is that? Like 26, <laughs> almost, no, 20, 26 years of catch, right? Something like, yeah. Around 26, there, yeah. 26, Just five. That. That's some Randy Moss <laughs> ass right there. Like, honestly, no, that is Randy Moss early yeah. Viking stuff right there. That's it, you don't do that. That's not, I, I mean, even, you know, I, I I told a friend of the show, Pete, I wouldn't bring up the 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 Minnesota uh, morning show. Even they <laughs> this morning, when they're reveling in their uh, victory over the Bills yesterday, even took the time to go, look at, how about this guy Watson or the Packers? You see his stat line? Like, they're like, my God. Like, I mean, and they're looking at Justin Jefferson, who had a, an incredible he stat very line. Good. And, he had a great game. And maybe, and maybe one of the best catches in NFL history. He had two. It was a great like, one, yeah top 25 NFL catches in one game yesterday. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so they got Justin Jefferson. In the meantime, they're going, yeah, I remember that kid that dropped the first ball and Thielen and Adam Thielen said on their show, he's like, that might be the best thing that ever happened to him. Cause see, if he catches that and he runs that in from 75, you know, down the road, you know, it might not. Instead, now he's got this giant chip and everyone thought, you know, preposterous tournament statement, you know? Um, well, and he got his mom on Twitter the last couple of weeks because people were saying mean stuff about him, which, first off, they shouldn't. He's a young guy in his first mm-hmm. year in the league from yeah. an FCS school that never threw to him. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah. You've got concussions two weeks in a row. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not his fault. What are you going to do? No, it's not his fault. But, I mean, at the same yeah. time, Thielen might have been right. Like, it, it took half a season to get there. But, my God, you don't – Matt, how, how about that? You go from a, an untimely drop to – Maybe like a couple end around plays, kind of flashes here and there, and everybody's like, "Ooh, look at this! Look at this Jaguar out front, you know, or <laughs> not, not even that. That's not even good. Like, look at this Ferrari that we got out front here. But the the Ferrari always has a flat tire, or has something wrong with the engine, or has to go to the shop. And then all of a sudden, it, now now it's flying 180 mile an hour down the road because it finally got right. Like that dude." Like you said, his cuts were good. His catches with that adjustment, like Rodgers threw that ball so it couldn't get intercepted. That was a Warren Moon garbage can drop <laughs> pass, Moon. like where it goes about 25 yards up in the air and then comes down like a lawn dart. Like only <laughs> one person is going to catch it, and that's him. And you're right. It, it, yeah. So Rodgers didn't put in the best place, but he adjusted nicely. Yeah. He cut that route off. He did what C.D. Lamb didn't do. Um, that led to an interception. He cut that that route tight. And yeah. actually, just the week before with uh, Tunyon last week, didn't cut a route sharp, short and sharp against the Lions. Instead, uh, made that post long and skinny, and it was an interception. And then, uh, yeah, I, he's he's amazing. And then uh, that's going to take me right into CeeDee Lamb's interception 
or CeeDee Lamb's bad route running that got uh, Rudy Ford, Ford. one of two interceptions. And that dude might be faster than Christian Watson. Just seriously, though. Did you see him coming out of the end zone? It was crazy. I thought thought there was going to be two lines of uh, flames behind him, and he was going to go back to 1956. (laughs) Man. I like that. That dude was flying. That dude's fast. I get up to 86 miles an hour. Yeah. No, um, 1.21 I, gigawatts of electricity right to the flux capacitor body. It'll be beautiful. Nice, right, that was fabulous. That was so that good. That was a pretty good. That was a pretty. That good, was a pretty good Christopher Lloyd. Pretty good. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, but I think you're exactly right on some of that. That this is the best part is, um, well, <laughs> start off with John Kuhn basically demanding that uh, anyone who thought that Rogers wasn't a great locker room presence. Has to apologize now, and because you know they won a game, so clearly he's great in the locker room, which <laughs> yeah. isn't logically doesn't logically follow. You're like, well, you're not good at stuff here, John, but you could run with a football for two yards. If you right. needed a yard, John Coon hey. can get you a yard. If you John, needed two hey. yards, John Coon could get you a yard. Uh, but <laughs> John Coon had a four touchdown game. Let's not. No, I like John Coon as a player. He is such a weird dude on Twitter, just just constantly carrying Rogers jockstrap around. It's strange, but um, but he's not the he's not the worst one though, man. Oh no, no, no. He's like, just like he's like weirdly he's, picks he's kinda, fights he's though. Kinda, he's a def, he's a defender, but if you listen to him on the radio, he's a completely different person. That's fine. I'm just saying, like yeah. it's it's this whole thing where like, well, Gutenkunst is terrible, and this team is full. Of, you're like, well, he went and got this guy for nothing, Russell Douglas for nothing. Uh, by the way, it turns out Christian Watson can do it uh okay maybe he I doesn't mean, suck let's, at this let's, let's, let's look at all that you know i'm not saying he's great time. but he's not he's not what people are saying about guten i think quay is either being used so incredibly badly that he seems to look like blake martinez out there uh or he can't do this either he can't read a play or the design is that he sits behind the line and waits and there was a couple of plays yesterday yeah. too, though, where they use Quay as a spy on Dak Prescott, and that actually worked. Yeah. He can use he, he is fast really, and he can tackle. His closing season because because he would sit right in the middle of the field and he just sit there and watch Dak, watch Dak, watch Dak, watch for the short passes, and then as soon as Dak like looked like he was going to try and do something, Quay would come up in a hurry. And those plays, the the like the little swing routes to the running backs, mm-hmm. Quay was there in a heartbeat. It was those were good. Mm-hmm. I thought he did really well on that. The the thing he's struggling ooh, ooh, with so hey, far. Hey, hey. Okay, I'm sorry. You go ahead. Um, no. So um, before we go on any further about Quay, before I forget to talk about it, because I was going to mm-hmm. talk about it during Rudy Ford. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. That play where he came from 12 yards deep from safety to smoke that guy at the line of scrimmage on a run play. I mean, yeah. Rudy Ford's for real, man. Anyways, back to Quay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so basically, the thing with Quay is the biggest issue he's had so far. As I was trying, I guess I was trying to get at was when they muddy up things and run several guys and kind of run between the tackles. He seems to have trouble finding the ball or attacking. And I think for some of that, if they gave him a very clear gap discipline sort of thing, he could use his athleticism to attack better. Uh, but they're kind of just letting him sit back and wait on it. And he ends up Blake Martinezing it, you know, AJ Hawking it, um, which is, you know, the three yard gain falling forward to four or something. You know, it, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I don't know if it's scheme or if it's him yet. Um, he It's one of those things that he can probably learn. Uh, because he's got the tools to do it, he just has to pick it up and move. Uh, but at some point, you're wondering how much is this is that uh, Nakobe Dean and Jordan Davis covered up the things you aren't good at uh, by playing at Georgia with just because 
because those two guys are killing it with the Eagles. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know about that necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. Like, because uh, Joe, Joe Barry is still suspect at best. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, like, it's a question I don't know. Right. So the, the pack the Packers defense had a pretty good game going, and then uh, then of course they let Dallas do that thing at the end of the game. <laughs> you know, and the, it's like, come, come on, guys! Like, literally, like the the Packers game plan wasn't that bad. And honestly, no. the 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 Mari Rogers muff punt, um, and he should yeah, be cut immediately. The the fact they still on this team, uh, and even Tom Crabtree came out on Twitter yesterday. It's Crab, by the way, is one of the best Twitter handles there it is. is. Yeah, just it, it's Crab. Um, he even <laughs> said it's 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 like they. Upper management, maybe that's one thing that we can ding Gutenkunz on is that, like, you know, they're keeping him wrong because there's so much talent there. He was a third round draft pick, and he's like, it's a square peg round hole. He's like, it's not yeah. working. And the fact that's his fourth muff punt. Anyways, Versace so, yeah, had that, a good quote on that, something along the lines of, uh, I like uh, Mario Rogers, the guy, and the guy in number eight jersey uh, is hurting us on punt returns. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, it, it, let him go, let him try and catch on somewhere else. You know, like Ty Montgomery didn't, wasn't this bad. I mean, speaking um, of double eights, you know, like, he could but I mean, Mario Rogers, like, it is in you know i was listening to the pack a day podcast like i do yeah. with andy herman and uh Love andy he's you know he said you know the the upside you know it'd be different if there was a huge upside like uh he what was his analogy aaron rod aaron judge hit three home runs today but man he struck out twice like you're not even a look at the strike if if amari rogers is muffing a punt every other game but he's returning one for a touchdown every other game nobody's gonna notice like it's, if he was Devin Hester, nobody would care. It, you know, it'd be like when Mason Crosby had his bad season or his bad game against the Lions, where he missed seven field goals or whatever it was, right? Like you just ignore it because there's the the, the body of work outside of this. You're allowed to have stinkers, right? If you're really good, most of the time, yeah. you know, people look past it. But Amari Rogers' upside is just catching the ball one and then maybe an eight-yard return. He's never returned one for a touchdown. There's nothing exciting about him. Like, I, I mean, I'm sorry. He's a nice dude. I get it. It's over, dude. Like, it's yeah. like, what is now? Now, the only thing that he's good for right now is being a gunner on kickoff and kick re, and, and blocker on kick returns, not even returning the kicks because God knows he'll fumble it. Um, I mean, uh, he's had some issues. He, and he ran into his own guy. The one yeah. he, he almost fumbled the first punt. He did fumble the second one on which was setting up to be a good return. But instead of breaking one way or the other, when he had a nice little wall in front of him, he ran into the wall and fumbled the ball. Like he's not even seeing the field. So it's anyhow. But yeah, so yeah. the defense played mostly well. Um, they got put in some bad spots with um, with with that with that uh, particular muffed punt after they had just three and outed the Cowboys and it looked like the game was turning. Like take away that, and I, I think it'd be a different game. You know, yeah. and so because the Packers defense had mostly up to that point, and then the Packers defense kind of got exposed a little bit in that third quarter. After that, um, I, I think I think Quay Walker's just fine. Um, yeah. The defensive I, tackle from Georgia that we well, took, Wyatt. I'm not so sh I'm not so sure about him. Yeah, um, Who knows but uh, I, I think Quay's Quay's going to be fine. Quay's also in a tough spot where he's a rookie now, trying to be the number one linebacker while. Uh, <laughs> well, Devontae Campbell. Devontae Campbell, thank you. I'm just having a brain fart there. Well, he's <laughs> while well, he's healing up, like 
Quay Quay Walker wasn't supposed to be. This was supposed to be Quay Walker's warm up year. While yeah. Campbell, you know, ran the middle of the show, and now he's hurt. I mean, it's it's all part of it, you know. It's you know, and plus Rashawn Gary's gone too. Yeah. Like I, I wonder if he has been put much much more in like a uh, upfront safety position, you know, like just catch anything up the middle because we don't have. Yeah, you know, I it either way. Joe Joe Barry. This is this is older than when side. Devondre was there. He was still doing a lot of this stuff. So I don't know. Here's I, the here's the thing I want to look at for the, for the game though. That's a fun how, trend. How many that rookie I linebackers to... make a big splash though? Really, to be honest. Uh, Ryan Chazier. Um, oh, who's the guy who used to be with the uh, Ravens? Uh, like that same pick. Uh, I guess Devin Lloyd's been set at this point. He's one of the other guys we would have wanted to have. Um, it's just, it's, it's not the two guys positions. at Tampa Bay both did. Um, yeah, well, so yeah, three or four. Yeah, might, Devin they, White they might also be in the Hall of Fame when they're done too. Yeah, so, so several I mean, usually. I mean, it's just it's it's one of those positions where it's not like you're going to get a you know an all star right off the bat. A lot of guys are better. They're like it's kind of like tight end. They're never good. They're for gear. Yeah, give them a couple not, of years not and quite kind of... to that degree. But yeah, I can see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, here's here's one thing I want to say. Like I'm looking at the wins and losses stuff and what we're doing here, the biggest thing we see during the losses is um, they're passing nearly twice as much as they run. In the Patriots game, they won in overtime, 35 runs, 35 passes, right? Like, that's fantastic. Uh, against the Giants, they had 39 passes, 20 runs. Uh, and, mm. you know, it's that same sort of thing. Against the, uh, Against the Jets, they had 45 passes, 20 runs. And then today, of course, they had more, almost twice as many runs as passes. If you can get to even or more running than passing, this team looks better. Aaron's quarterback rating is better. The whole thing is better when Aaron doesn't have to be the guy because he shouldn't be the guy. He's not the best player on this offense anymore. Um, And we say, like, we won, so Aaron was great. Like, Aaron's numbers looked really good in that – he didn't have to do nearly as much, and we actually planned for him to not do that much. He threw 14 of 20, 224 yards. He wasn't throwing that on 45 passes in, in other games. You know, like, mm-hmm. so, uh, just say, like, even go back last week against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Rodgers throws 43 times for 291 yards, had a 53.5 rating. They only ran 25 times and 43 passes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, I think that this is a thing that hopefully they finally learn. We've been talking about this for weeks, um, and that's frustrating because, seriously, if I can see the trends and I can see the numbers, the, definitely an NFL coach can because they have more data than I have. And, right. like, what are they doing? If they don't understand that, then I don't know what to do to, to help them. Uh, I, not I, I wonder, me, too, obviously. a lot of it because a lot of what can be – and we've said this on the show, too – um, I wonder if, how much of it is um, was the reality check that was slapped in Aaron Rodgers' face last week, losing in Detroit, and how many of these plays that are supposed to be runs that are changed to passes at the line of scrimmage by Aaron Rodgers. Well, in the RPO, because he wasn't he wasn't playing hero ball this week either. Don't run the RPO; just run the R. Right. No option. Just just you, you hand off the ball. Everybody's going this way. Nobody's going to look for a pass. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was there was zero, he his only hero ball pass was an actual touchdown <laughs> to yeah. Christian Watson, you know, <laughs> like that was his only that was his only huck and a prayer, and it was to a open uh, a slightly open, really fast guy that you should be able to do that to, you know, there wasn't yeah. any 
forcing of passes, really. I mean, he looked sharp and crisp. And uh, yeah. I mean, the other thing that looked crisp um, was the penalties. The, the yeah, they were way better on there. that. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, one of the bigger penalties that was called on anybody was Bakhtiari got called for a hold on a BS call that was absolutely 100% incorrect on uh, <laughs> a, a big uh, on a big uh, Jones run that they also face masked him. And it should have been about a 20-yard run with another 15 yards at the end of it. But they called Bakhtiari for holding, even though his hands were inside and they were just up in the sh- like the up inside the shoulder pad. He was pushing the dude sideways and had his hands like on his upper bicep and had his hands up in his shoulder pad. But his hands were together. And that's in the NFL not holding, you know. His hands were his hands were inside, and I mean that was that was maybe the biggest one that was called. I mean, yeah, there was obviously the one where Jair Alexander didn't get called for pass interference, but (laughs) uh, (laughs) woo, yeah. Anyways, but somebody uh, who did um, not have a great game. But yeah, I mean that was the other thing that was different than games in the last past couple weeks is that there was the penalties were down too. Yeah. All right, uh, well, we've got a Thursday night game this week, so we'll be looking forward to that. We'll have plenty of time to get ready to talk about that one. Titans have a pretty decent defense, so it'll be interesting to watch how this goes. Uh, they brought back Tannehill this week to starting, so we'll see how this goes. It'll be an interesting test to see how they come off of playing Dallas, getting the short week. They've changed up how they run their meetings. They did all their coordinator meetings uh, today, they said Lafleur slept in his office last night so he could get ready for the Thursday night game. I don't know if that's going to work, but uh, they got to try and get a plan for these short weeks because they they have not been particularly great at short weeks. But home teams always seem to have a significant advantage on Thursday night games. Uh, yeah. They're usually shorter in terms of offensive plans. Uh, defenses tend to do better, and home teams tend to do a little bit better on these. So that'll be interesting, but. We're going to move on to the, the Badgers, too, because we do have to kind of keep on track here so we don't run way over. Um, Badgers had a rough loss, fairly predictable loss to a certain degree. We said last week going into Kinnick is a hard place to play. It's a rough place. That's a great stadium, home of the greatest tradition in college football, the the wave to the children's hospital. Um, and, uh, you know, just this Iowa defense is legit. This is a really good Iowa defense. Um, they've, I mean, yeah, they got beat up by Ohio State, but that Ohio State team looks really, really good. Mertz had a rough day. He's got a 34 quarterback rating. Uh, he's thrown for 176 yards on 35 passes. Had to throw a lot. Uh, part of the problem, too, is that Braylon Allen doesn't get anything going at any point in this game. Uh, he was kind of ineffective. He's 17 rushes for 40 yards, 2.4 a carry. Um my biggest concern with Braylon Allen this season so far has been he looks less decisive when he attacks the hole. Uh, Isaac Garendo actually looks far better in terms of getting the ball, knowing where the fit is on the run. And this is, uh, if I say fit, like understanding the blocking scheme is a key part of being a good running back. Uh, knowing I cut off this guy's back or I fit between these two guys or I have to do this and heading outward or I have to do this and make this cut. Um, I need to check the linebacker. Understanding your fit in the scheme is important, and Jonathan Taylor was great at that day one. He understood the blocking scheme and where he had to go, and the number of times where there was not really a hole, but he understood that he needed to move towards where the hole was going to open up, maybe slow up, but head towards it. Uh, and He always got that, and kind of fell forward. 
Braylon Allen's been doing a lot of, uh, I kind of can't see anything yet. I'm going to go outside. And it, it has hurt his running game this year. He did pass 1,000 yards. Is the, what they say, the seventh uh, Badger running back to get 1,000 yards each of his first his freshman and rookie, or freshman and sophomore seasons. I, I, I'm guessing at that number. I know I saw it. There's been several, obviously, but he had uh, he's done that now. But he, well, he's, he's probably trying to stay healthy, so when he hits the transfer portal, he'll be healthy when he gets to Michigan. Yeah, I don't know that that's really a thing. <laughs> I know that Leonard was very unhappy after the game. He says that other coaches have been violating the rules and actively recruiting his players. Uh, though Braylon Allen did come out and say, so long as Leonard's here, there's no chance I'm going anywhere else. Right. I mean, famous last words, obviously, but yes, I mean, he's getting the ball as much as he wants at this point. I don't know that he's going to go somewhere else and get it a lot more. Um, and yeah, he just looks tentative about things. I think at this point, if he wants to be, you know, higher recruited in the, the portal, he should attack the, attack the gap, attack, you know, the, the scheme and go where he's going. I'm not saying he's bad. I mean, we're kind of in that weird Twitter world idea where it's just like, well, you're saying he's terrible, huh? You just want him to leave? And like, no, man, I think there are things he can prove about his game. Uh, he's a very good running back. He's incredible skill. He's incredibly strong and, and really fast, not like incredibly fast, because Isaac Garendo is incredibly fast. Um, he's not like an NFL running back, whereas, you know, Braylon Allen will be at some point. Um, Garendo is like a guy who you go undrafted free agent on because maybe he can return kicks. And he hasn't been that incredible at returning kicks, so I don't know that he goes anywhere. But uh, he's a Big Ten um, qualifying sprinter, though. Like, he is legit fast. Uh, but... Yeah, there's some things Braylon Allen needs to improve on. The biggest thing is, without Braylon Allen getting those sorts of plays in, Graham Mertz can't carry the team. And he, I mean, he showed that. And we kind of know that that's who he is. He has limitations. He's good in the way you use him if you use him in the way that he's you know best suited. And they've tried doing that a lot more this year than they have in the years past. But it just there there was nothing they were going to do against this Iowa defense. They were not going to be able to run and. They're good enough outside that they're going to be able to keep things in front of them and make some plays. And it just, I mean, it was a death by suicide as well because it's um, it's a pick six. It's uh, the the turnover at the 17 and a turnover at the 20. Uh, two turnovers and a pick six, that's 21 of the points. They lose by 14. You know, you just don't make those self-inflicted injuries and you win that game, which you shouldn't have won anyhow, but... Uh, it's three gigantic mistakes because the defense played well enough to win. And Nick Herbig and the guys on the defense said, that doesn't matter. We gave up points. We don't say anything about who should have saved us. Like we're out there to, to give up nothing and we didn't give up nothing. So there we are. So, you know, good for them. That's the right thing to say. But at the same time, they got set up in some, some terrible situations there. And that should be interesting, I guess, going forward. How are they going to, they got to they got to shore up those sorts of things, and it's not normal for this team to do that. But it definitely all fell apart for them in Iowa. Uh, they're going to play Nebraska next, so that'll be interesting. Nebraska does have some firepower on offense, uh, but yeah, you can definitely score on this defense. So this might be the like Nebraska's great offense against our our incredible defense, and then our kind of middling to good offense against their middling to good defense, and we'll see where this goes. Um, this is a game they should have played uh, I, on Memorial Day weekend or not Memorial Day, Veterans Day weekend because it yeah. is the uh, 
shoot, what's the name of the trophy? The Heroes Trophy, whatever the trophy name is, because they play at Memorial Stadium and we play at Camp Randall, which Randall. is a Civil yep. War. So the stadium is literally like the trophy is uh, the facade of both stadiums from each end and then a flag rising out of the middle of it. And it's, it's an interesting little thing. And it's nice to have the trophy to play for because it's a good rivalry of, of, of just like-minded kind of state institutions, I think. So it's good. Mm-hmm. I, I just find it funny that Nebraska has actually become somewhat of a more respectable program since Scott Frost was fired. <laughs> they, they have. They've been better. Because they, they were horse bleep the last two, three years that he's been there. They fired him, and now all of a sudden it's like, God, oh, Nebraska's actually pretty good. They've got some, they got some weapons. they got some stuff. You know, and this is good to see. It's like, well, is that the product of Scott Frost recruiting, or was he – just a really bad coach, but He's good recruiter. Or good recruiter and a bad X's and O's guy, I think, is the big thing. Yeah. Like, he couldn't – the number of games they lost close at the end with bad decision-making and bad play-calling was a lot. It was a lot. It was A lot of it was on him. Mm-hmm. They they still did make a lot of errors in their recruiting, I think, but uh, they, they, they led Minnesota for most of their game with their backup quarterback in, uh, mm-hmm. in Minnesota. They ended up losing that one, but that was – I mean, they fought them pretty hard. Nebraska's a team that can win this game. I mean, this isn't a this isn't a walk away sort of win like it's been a couple times. Nebraska definitely has the offense to be able to put stuff up and hang with Wisconsin if they're not on their game. But if the Wisconsin defense can come through, uh, take make some takeaways, and uh, find a way to help the offense, and they can play that kind of cooperative form of football that that Wisconsin's good at, you know, the takeaways, the ball control. Uh, then I think they can be in very good shape because this is a team you can move the ball on, and if they they can get that going, I think they'll be all right here. Uh, they're not as good as Purdue, so uh, yeah, this is one I think they can get here. And if so, that, let's see what they'll be what f- f- uh, six and five then with Minnesota left. They got two games left, so right. just them and well, Minnesota. What's, what's what's crazy? I was talking to the other John, uh, old friend from up until John Schulte. That would be my, uh, my other lawyer friend who is a judge referee <laughs> who graduated from UW or not UW, he, uh, university of Iowa law mm. school, who is a big Hawkeyes fan. And it's uh, a good law school. We were tech. We were talking. What was that? It's a good law school. My cousin went there. Oh as yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we were texting back and forth between the game and even he was like, boy, these teams are just trash. And it was <laughs> odd though, that even, even with all of that had Wisconsin actually won, against Iowa, they could have won the West because, of course, Purdue took out Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, at this point, Wisconsin would need Illinois to lose out and You're to right. win out, which isn't going to happen because Illinois is going to finish the year playing for the the uh, Land of Lincoln Trophy, uh, right. which is a bronze uh, stovepipe hat, you know, the, the Lincoln Trophy for the two teams in Illinois that okay. matter because okay. Northern Illinois is not that. You ain't it, Northern Illinois Huskies. Yeah, sorry. Did I ever tell you my great Northern Illinois? Uh, it was with the Russell Wilson year. Okay. Uh, we played Illinois, Northern Illinois at Soldier Field. I went to that game with a couple buddies, with well, with my buddy and his wife, and I taught, I took Trina with us. Uh, all four of us went together, and we went to the game. And uh, we got there, and we're kind of walking up, taking some pictures, and some like twenty something, you know, like undergrad Northern Illinois fan comes out walking by and they, her and her friends are so drunk. They're like stumbling around. I was like amateurs. <laughs> and uh, she sees us taking pictures. I'm wearing my Badger Jersey that I have with my name on yeah. it. 
and she just looks and just yells out towards like no one in particular. The Badgers effing suck. You know, she's cursing about it and then turns sideways and just vomits everywhere. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> just right there in front of the field museum. You know, <laughs> it's like, right. what is going on here? Uh, and they were ta- they were yelling uh, like F the Badgers all the way through, like going up the stands like to the and then at the end of the game it was really quiet. It's really quiet because the Badgers fans don't give it back. We just enjoy football. It was so great. I was gonna say probably probably because they were all passed out soon after they got to their seats. But <laughs> amateurs, just amateurs, yeah, amateurs, right. youths. amateurs, those youths. youths. Sorry, the youths. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Uh, anything else you got on the Badger? Football? Which is funny. Which is funny because uh, Northern Illinois has produced probably the best professional football player out of Illinois in the last twenty years in Tony Romo, right? No, he went to was it Western Illinois, right? He was not. He was not Northern Illinois. Uh, Northern Illinois, home of uh, Lashawn Johnson, uh, former Packers running back, uh, former national. He led the league, the national, the nation, river in college uh, in rushing yards. The Packers drafted him. Uh, I'll say fourth round, Lashawn John. Yeah, Lashawn Johnson, and uh, yeah, he didn't do much. He was fun to see for a little bit, but wasn't a lot. All right, uh, we'll move on. Eastern there. Illinois. That's right. Eastern Illinois. There's another. And and where did and where did where was Mike Zimmer from? The Badgers played him early. I forget. I can't remember. That was earlier this year. The Badgers played him earlier this year. Oh, uh, the Illinois State. Illinois State. The Redbirds. So How do we have one D one school in Minnesota, in Wisconsin and they have like forty? I don't know. Uh, All right, the Bucks. The Buck. Well, since we last talked, the Bucks like had that game against the Thunder, and then they've lost the Hawks. Uh, they beat the Thunder again and again. What is it was a double overtime game. The score 136 to 132. Bucks again just resting everybody against the Thunder. They what's are just com- cra- what's with this crazy scheduling? Like they will not play the Thunder again this year unless they meet them in the playoffs, which well, they will not happen because the Bucks backups have beaten the Thunder twice. That team is not good. They're young. Yeah. They got some scorers, but uh they're gonna need a couple other role players in there to become anything. And they don't have they don't have two top tier type guys. They got a, like one and a half. I mean, I mean the Bucks. The Bucks last four games have been the Thunder, the Hawks, the Thunder, the Spurs, the Hawks. Yes, <laughs> and I mean How, they. And, and then and then they and they played the Hawks three times in the last three weeks. Pistons back to back. Like, what is going? Is this how it's always been in the NBA? And I just haven't noticed. I don't think it's quite like, like this. It's just I think it's just a weird run at, at this point mm-hmm. i mean some of this is like that i think they've tried getting more well no maybe it's just the nhl the nhl has tried going more to the like home and home sort of stuff where you play here and then go there quickly like quick turnaround sometimes next day sometimes two days later um but yeah that zombie basketball player thing huh okay. <laughs> right so yeah the spurs game again we've got you know Giannis did you know not play talking. and we've got portis noara lopez Carter and Beauchamp as the starters against uh, San Antonio. San Antonio gets that boost, getting up to six and seven. Uh, so it, it's it's the point where they are resting some players in, in key spots here early in the season, knowing that they got so far ahead that they don't need to really uh, just do everything right now. Uh, Giannis came back against Atlanta and put up 27 with eight rebounds, four assists. But, you know, Atlanta gets hot sometimes. they got a couple scorers. Uh, Hunter puts up 24. Capella gets 19. And Trey Young puts up 21. And, uh, you know, Atlanta finds a way to win that game. And so 
Yeah. I mean, that's losing at Fiserv, so that's not not to be expected, I guess, generally. But uh, back-to-back losses, putting the Bucks in, in that position, and it's not, not the worst sort of scenario here. And so I'm not horribly concerned with it, I guess. And again, the biggest thing we generally say at this point of the year, or we have pretty much always said is, we don't care about regular season basketball. The Bucks are going to the playoffs. Uh, they're two games clear of Cleveland. They have the second best record in the East. I'm not worried. Aaron, are you concerned about back-to-back losses? Uh, I'm a little bit concerned about three out of four. That's more mm-hmm. a problem, especially against the Hawks. That's not good. But, uh, I mean, I'm not concerned, like nah. you said. It's like it's regular it, season let's, basketball. Get, let's get back to us in, in April. You know, let's, <laughs> yes. let's, let's discuss in March, April, and uh, – uh, friend of the show, Pete, uh, who uh, I, I take uh, responsibility for this one, uh, reached out to us about doing a little bit of podcasting this week, who is in uh, Djibouti, Africa right now. Um, Capital uh, of Djibouti is Djibouti. Djibouti is Djibouti, and we'll be there for a little while. I got to do a better job. I want to get him on here because, of course, he Ooh. is the resident Bucks expert. And as we know, during deployments, uh, when you don't have a wife and family to <sighs> to uh, to, to contend with uh you play all a lot you of can, video games all, all, all you have is nothing but time to look at sports <laughs> during your downtime that's all you it do is, and it it's is. not like world war ii where you're getting newspapers that are two months old you, <sighs> you can just hop on especially where he's at uh you know you can just hop on and uh i'm sure he's got his league pass and everything else going on he's probably listening to this podcast um <laughs> but uh but uh yeah no we need to get him on here and get his thoughts about paying like a hundred dollars a month for internet I think yeah. that's what it was. Something like that, like hundred. Like pay it, just pay it. You need it. Yeah, whatever. Get on. I remember at one point. I remember at one point we Fing. bought a satellite dish off the uh, off Haji, and we had that thing set up, and we were getting uh, like. I don't use that. Me- phrase. What's that? I don't use that word, but. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I'm sorry. Sorry, the local vendors. My bad. Sorry, uh, and uh, the local vendors, and we had some English stuff that we were uh, uh, Thai. Uh, what was his name? Set up that thing in our our camp up in Taji, and we were pulling like. 100 oh. meg per second internet just off this pirated satellite system and it was great until for for like a week uh <laughs> uh uh oh god his last name started with an h i can't tie um oh i will lose it mm, now gonna have to go with the yearbook but uh anyways uh, yeah no so uh but uh yeah i know we we all helped him pay for that system and it lasted like two weeks and then it died uh heft Oh, God, okay. Tyson a, Heft. Okay. Tyson Ty Heft. Yeah. He was the one that said all that because he was, he was a genius and he was running wires all over the place. And we had great internet off that for like two days and then it was oh. gone. And anyways, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, but no, you just pay it because, uh, how else do you talk to people? Because otherwise you just talk to the same 10 people. It's not great. I played so much NCAA 13 that year. It was unbelievable. Oh, but yeah. Um, We'll just say, we're, well, I guess we're going to move on now. We've got some more basketball to get to before we get to our last call, and we want to quickly get it to there was the was it the Bruce City Classic, Bruce City Battle. That's what it was called. Yeah. They played a game at Miller Park, um, and when you get a game like this, sometimes you have to worry because those sight lines are crazy. When you're yeah. looking at a basket and it is like fifty yards until you see something behind that basket, because you know, you are on the first baseline of a baseball field. I've never seen a game played at a baseball field before, I guess. Can you recall another game at a baseball field? Well, like the Metrodome when they had the Timberwolves the first season and the Final Four and stuff like that. I mean. It's not really just a baseball field. But like, this is just a pure, straight up only baseball, baseball field. field. There's yeah. You can't pull the, 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 
you know, and the left field risers up, you know? Right. And it's, it's, it's not like, it's not like uh hockey either where you're aiming at a goal. That's only uh, what three and a half feet high. Oh, uh, so yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's, you're, yeah, it's you're, different. you're looking at a, a transparent backboard that's 10 feet up in the air. And yeah, you're right. Like the sight lines are weird. Like how, how do you even, they say yeah, that a lot. You, when how you, do you how do you even like yeah, when you play really at these yeah. big football arenas? They say one of the problems when they get to some of these NCAA finals is it's a completely different sight line. You're used to playing. You know, if you play in the Cole Center, fans are right up on you. You're used to a single type of shot line where what's behind you is that kind of distance. And and most, I'll say like if you're playing in a basketball hockey type arena, mm-hmm. those seats are in the same spot. You're used to the feel of what looks like what it looks like. Well, and how, just, about you're, yeah. how about if you're if you're like Florida Gulf Coast, you know, yeah. who plays in a shoebox that has a wall behind the basket, <laughs> right. you know, in a two thousand person stadium or a two thousand person gymnasium, even, yeah, you know, like, yeah, but yeah, once you, you're playing on a baseball field, which is crazy, but a hundred a hundred foot high uh, roof too, yeah, and the slope yeah. on uh, on a baseball lower deck is really gradual. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a completely different feel. Uh, also, there's natural light. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> so, um, there were shadows and stuff. I mean, not oh like a lot. It didn't kill it, but it was the lighting is not meant for what it was doing there. And so that was right. interesting. Sixty to fifty final. Wisconsin beats Stanford. That's a good win. Stanford, not a ranked team. Neither is Wisconsin, but that's a good win against a good team that had some some things going. But yeah, Stanford shoots six point three percent from three. One of sixteen. Uh, Badger shooting twenty five percent from three. Uh, they shoot 37% overall. Both teams overall shooting about the same, but the Badgers getting more from three. Um, one of the ones, the biggest ones here, I think, is uh, Isijian. We talked about him a little bit last week. True freshman, 6'4", uh, from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, he has got a nice uh, stroke. He's got a good shot, and he goes two for four from three, three of nine overall. Uh, he gets some eight points in 23 minutes coming off the bench. Uh, Klesmit had uh, some foul trouble. He didn't end up with any points. He's the the transfer that that came over from uh, Wofford. And so, yeah, getting some nice plays from him. Uh, McGee didn't get a lot of playing time. He only had two minutes here. He's the transfer from GB. Uh, Hepburn gets 11. Tyler Wall looked a little rough in the first half, but really just just took over in the second half. It seemed uh, he, he found ways to go right to the hoop ends up with 17 points and uh, Badgers win by 10. So that's a nice win getting them going here in, in the, in that one. And speaking of GB, Wisconsin will play uh, their most hated in-state rival, of course, <laughs> uh, UW green Bay. Uh, I'm just joking. Nobody cares. The, the, the fighting phoenix right the fighting phoenix or the phoenix or whatever which is where um tony bennett the head coach of uva uh went started yeah yeah so he played at, with the phoenix and he got them to a sweet 16 uh back when he was playing for gb i think his dad was a coach what Mark- was what was what was super interesting about that uh the bruce city game uh was uh for those of you who might not have been around wisconsin the last couple of weeks on Thursday, it was 75 degrees in Wisconsin, <laughs> especially southern Wisconsin down by us. Yeah. Milwaukee hit 75 on Thursday. And what what the game was on Saturday, right? Right. Yes. Right. Uh, right. Whatever. Yeah. Somewhere like that. So was it Friday. <laughs> Maybe Had to be Friday, Friday because Saturday I was at uh, Jurassic World Live. 
Mm. <laughs> sounds exciting. It was awesome, um, actually. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, no, it, like by because the next day it dropped into the 30s, and now we're looking at single digits in a couple days here. But uh, like they were actually talking about if that game would have been one day earlier, they might have played with the stadium with the roof open. <laughs> no, how crazy! How crazy would that? There's no I chance mean, they would have done that. Because they, they the wind would the wind would have been just god awful for shots. It's yeah, no chance. I don't I don't see that happening. But yeah, it was. I mean, it's it, it was all a uh, um, novelty, anyways. I mean, yeah. why not cut the roof open? What the heck? Leave leave the leave the leave the um, the skyline uh, panels closed. Okay, but open but open the roof. Interesting. I can see it. Uh, hey, Mark, we'll say because, Mark because because usually because usually when the roof is open. Because whenever the roof's open, the, the panels are open, too. And then sometimes when it's raining, they'll leave the panels open but close the roof because yep. the rain's not getting into the stadium. But if you are to just open up the roof and leave the panels, I mean, the wind would just go right over top, right? Right? Maybe. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> we'll <laughs> I, see. This is all, this is all hypothetical. Next over year in Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> Another game that happened, oh, this was, yeah, they were in Milwaukee for this, I believe. Uh, Marquette goes to two and zero. They, uh, <laughs> we'll just say it like this: uh, a team named after a French missionary uh, destroyed a team named after Native Americans. Uh, yes. The you know, Central Michigan Chippewas, which yeah. I always think isn't it the Chippewa, but they're the Chippewas. Uh, there's an S on there. Marquette, uh, just incredible energy throughout this game. This was an incredibly fun game to watch. Um, Prosper and Igodaro look fantastic. I'll tell you, Joplin coming off the bench is just amazing. He puts up 23. He led all scorers in this game. Coming off the bench, 21 minutes off the bench, and puts up 23 points. He was 8 of 12, 6 of 10 from 3, Aaron. 6 of 10 from 3. That guy can score. Uh, He is incredible to watch. He is a sophomore. He's 6'7". He's from Milwaukee, right? Yeah, he's from Milwaukee, so he's just playing at home. I still love that Prosper is from uh, Montreal. Uh, they went nine players from the bench played in this game well, I mean, for Marquette. That makes sense. The school named after a French. Yeah, Marquette. Dresser. What the university have, you want to play at, uh, Olivier? We have someone from Quebec. Olivier Maxence. In what Just university French you want Canada to go to? Is the best Canada. We don't even have a French language. We just have this crazy accent. No. Crazy accents. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I, I love that. So the nine bench players play for Marquette. Shaka Smart is going to really get this team going this year. I'm I'm excited to watch Marquette this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Nine players. That is saying that they are running essentially three lines out there. They're like an NHL club out here. They're just like, all right, line three, go out there. There's your matchup. And they're like, this is running three deep out there. And they are going to play uh a full board defense. They're playing pressure defense the whole game. And because they're running so many guys and they're so deep at so many spots and they got a lot of sophomores and freshmen on this team. Uh, it is going to be a lot of fun to watch this team for the next couple of years. I think for a while, because Shaka smart is a great coach. Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, not that central Michigan is the, the best thing, but they put up 97 on central Michigan. Uh, that's a heck of a thing. They're going to play Purdue next. Uh, they're going to play them Tuesday. So by the time you're listening to this, they might already be playing or they'll be playing tonight, whatever we are listening. And then after that, hey, they're going to go play Long Island. 
which uh, we all know now, Long Island University, they are the Sharks because Long Island University has a Division One hockey program that lost to the Badgers last week. Oh. But yeah. yeah. So, so help me get Shaka Smart. Wichita State or George Mason? Which one was he? Uh, no, he was uh, Virginia Commonwealth, the Rams. And then he went to Texas. Didn't okay. do so well in Texas and was available. But he is a heck of a coach. And especially playing in this, I think that this is kind of the atmosphere where he's going to do really well in. I was um, going to say, too, Texas yeah. hasn't been exactly the best place for coaches, football or basketball on the men's side in the last couple of years. No. And if you've got an opportunity to go from Texas to go play in, you know, I don't know, Kansas. You do it. Texas isn't uh, that sort of place. He was used to playing in Virginia Commonwealth where he could kind of recruit that, that kind of those metro areas in that, that spot there. And now he's going to get to recruit, you know, of course, Milwaukee, uh, Chicago, Chicago, Madison, Montreal, um, you know, the main <laughs> spots where you're trying to get the basketball players. Well, I mean, I mean, you could, you could lump Montreal into the Great Lake uh, Great Lake region. Yeah, they're all connected by waterways, right? Come yeah, on. I mean, I mean, they're the, they're they're the extreme east part of the. We go out to St. Lawrence, the, the, the Megapolis <laughs> that is the uh, Great Lake area, uh, to include Cleveland and uh, Detroit and uh, Chicago, Milwaukee. Some even include Minneapolis into that one. No, uh, so no, yeah, no, not joking. No, I'm just no, saying. You can. Yeah, he sure can definitely recruit that area, though. He'll, he'll, no, he'll I'm do saying, fine. like, that's that's kind of the recruiting area. That's kind of the yeah, this where you're going to be playing. There's a lot of good places to pull from right there, too. Toronto. And I think it's a different style, too. So I think oh, that, I that, that Wisconsin and Marquette can still continue to coexist as two good teams in this area because of the style differences. Wisconsin getting guys oh, yeah, like... Wisconsin gets all their talent from Minnesota. <laughs> and Indiana now, too, because uh, 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 CGN or wherever... Connor CJ, uh, he's coming from Indiana. It's that, you know, he's falling into that same line with, you know, um, Koenig and Penny and, and those sorts of guys, like the the great pull-up threes and and falling into that line and having a couple great bigs who can really play oh, that okay. kind of traditional post-up. Um, but Marquette's playing a pressure. We have a ton of guys that are all 6'5", six, 6'7", six, and we're just going to play that. We don't have a seven-footer, but we don't care because we're just going to do this all day long. We're going to roll three lines at you, and it's going to be 40 minutes of hell, you know, like the old uh, Arkansas teams. Uh, right. But, I mean, like, that's – they're two different styles of, of, of play, and I think that they don't have to recruit the same people. So they can kind of continue to coexist in that way that could be really great for Wisconsin sports. God, who was the last good big man that Marquette had? Well, they had Theo John, and then he left because they brought in Shaka Smart, and he's like, I'm not going to play this kind of basketball anymore. Uh, they had two great bigs when uh, when Wojo left, and both of them transferred out. And, hmm. you know, they, they've really just found a way to continue on doing what they're going to do, and they found a different well, I mean, way Marquette's, to play. Marquette's always been known for guards, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Like the smaller Butler. guys. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, but even who's the guy that that just graduated a couple of years back who uh, could score like crazy? Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. He would. He would never make Marcus Howard. Because, Marcus Howard because he's five foot ten, five foot eleven. You know, he's like he's going to have a decent NBA career where he kind of bounces around some teams and mm-hmm. and plays as your second best two guard. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, not a shot at him or anything like that. But I mean, no, yeah, no. Like, obviously, Wade is one of the better ones. But uh, yeah. Um, 
but uh, I mean, yeah, no, Marquette's more known for its guards. I can't think of a Marquette big guy. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to get it. It's a, been a while. Yeah, we'll get angry uh, texts. A, face, sure. a Facebook messenger. That's at Cheddar Talk, friend, everybody. At Cheddar friend, Talk. Friend, friend of the show, Pete's going to be like, well, here's a list of them, and I won't know a single mm. one of their names. But yeah, okay. I don't know these guys. No. Okay. Yeah, I don't know any of these people. I'm from <laughs> up north. <laughs> Where's All Marquette? Right. Marquette, Michigan? The UP? Grape sake, oh, yeah. they got a deal. Oh, the NMU, South, the Wildcats. The South Shore. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, the painted, the painted, uh, painted beaches. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, we're gonna wrap up what we have left here in the segment of the show that we lovingly call our last call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. All right, we'll start off with Wisconsin Volleyball on the last call here. Uh, Badgers continue to to hold on to the number three spot in the rankings right now. Uh, a couple games this week, they beat uh, Maryland three games to none. Uh, they beat them 22, 15, and 18 in straight sets. Uh, Badgers had four aces to none. That's pretty great because the bar that shows up here is that it's entirely just all of them are Wisconsin. It was great. Uh, so Danielle Hart gets uh, 10 kills to lead the team, followed by Sarah Franklin again, also with 10. Julia Orzow, also with 10. Um, Anna Smrek leads the team in blocks with four. Not a great block game, I guess, this week. Danielle Hart with two. Devin Robinson with one. Gucci Gitschteken gets 12 digs for the team. Uh, Izzy Ashburn with eight. And Sarah Franklin with six to get that uh, that win there. They then uh, get another great win. They get uh, three to nothing over Rutgers as the Badgers at right at this point, 14 and one in the big 10 tied for that top spot uh, with Nebraska. They destroyed Rutgers in this one. Rutgers scores on this one, 13, 12 and 12. They did not score half the points that Wisconsin did in this one. Uh, Sarah Franklin leads and kills with 11 followed by Danielle Hart with eight. And Jade Demps with six uh, blocks Danielle Hart again. She's up there with four. Devin Robinson with three. And Jade Demps with two. Gulce Guchteken again leading with digs with 10, followed by Julia Orzow with seven. Um, then Marquette continues to just sweep their way through the Big East. Uh, Big East not really horribly impressed at this point. Marquette 14 and one in the Big East, 23 and two overall. Uh, they beat, they just destroyed Providence, uh, 15, 21, and 14 in straight sets. Uh, they get led on the way by Aubrey Hamilton with nine kills. Uh, Carson Murray, Murray, wherever, Murray, I forget how she says that, uh, three blocks. And Carly Scrayback with 19, 19 digs. That was a heck of a game. Uh, Jenna Reitzma gets 13 digs. They're really pulling that out and just finding a way to make sure they don't get uh, knocked out on the kills there. Uh, after that, then Marquette came back, and they beat, uh, after Providence, they beat up on UConn. They beat UConn 3 to nothing on the 13th. Uh, they win in straight sets on this one, and it is 21-17-19. And, and so then they get uh, led in the way again by Aubrey Hamilton with 13 kills. Uh, Carson Murray with 12. Uh, Hattie Bray comes back and leads with blocks with 5, followed by Jenna Reisman with 4. Carly Scrayback with 12 digs. Yadhira Anchate with 11 digs. 
I just love saying her name. She is from Lima, Peru. And uh, that's just fun to say things like that. Uh, men's cross country for UW has a great weekend. They win the regional uh, this year. This year, So that's uh, fantastic to see for uh, UW. So they automatically qualify for the national championships. I forget where that's going to be, but that'll be coming up next for uh, men's cross country as the, uh, the men's team wins that one. I think they had six, what is it? Six of the top 13 runners in the region. So that, that is a, an incredible run at Terre Haute for the uh, Badger men. Um, let's see, Evan Bishop, uh, Rowan Ellenberg, and Jackson Sharp uh, all crossed the line at 30 minutes, 7.6 seconds to finish, 8th, 9th, and 10th. So that's pretty fantastic. Uh, the women's team finishes 5th at the regional, right? Sorry, I'm just double-checking on the numbers here, but I believe they finished fifth at the regionals. They had 129 points, but they do qualify for nationals, so the men's and women's teams will both be heading to nationals for cross-country. In terms of wrestling, there was not a meet this week. Uh, They continue to just be getting ready for the the game against, uh, or I guess the match. It's a duel against uh, Cornell coming up next. That will be November 19th. In terms of hockey, hockey, the men's team after, you know, I guess we just talked about this, um, Long Island University comes in to Madison. Badgers win three to two, uh, getting uh, another win after that in overtime, four to three. Uh, in the three to two game, uh, Matthew DeSantfal gets the goal. Uh, Zach Erdahl gets the goal. And then our favorite name, Cruz Lucius gets the goal to get the winning goal there against the Long Island Sharks. Uh, in the overtime game, we've got goals. Long Island actually went up two goals to nothing. Wisconsin comes back with goals from Sam uh, Stangy and Jack Horback uh, tied up. Long Island takes another lead. Charlie Strammel take, gets a goal uh, from Jack, Jack Gorniak and Daniel Lotch. And then Zach Erdahl gets the second goal of the series. Zachard all getting the, uh, as we say, the uh, Bardownski top shelf uh, goal to win it in overtime, 347 in overtime. Badgers get two wins. Uh, they will get uh, kind of a weird run. I think they're playing uh, Lindenwood next in another non-conference game on the 18th and 19th. Uh, Badgers women uh, did not play this weekend, as we were talking about earlier. They got a little break here, uh, but so we'll go on down to D3. In D3 in the NCHA, uh, St. Norbert beats Lawrence 3-2 to and then beats them 7-3. to uh, Marion gets a 5-2 to win over Adrian and then loses 4-1. to Adrian, one of the top-ranked teams in the country right now, right behind Augsburg, and they get a split with Marion in Adrian. So good for them. Uh, Concordia of Wisconsin loses 3-2 to to Trine. And then beats them 5-2, to so they get that split. Uh, going into WIAC, uh, UW-Eau Claire loses to number one ranked Augsburg 3-1. to one, And then loses to them 5, no, I'm sorry, then they lose 4-3 to three against Bethel in overtime. Augsburg also played Northland, who they beat 5-1. to one. Uh, Northland also lost to Hamlin 4-1, to one. so... 
Tough times for Northland, just getting beat around. UW-Stevens Point gets a big win finally. They beat St. Mary's 8-1, to one, uh, and then they get an overtime tie. Because what is a weekend without a UW-Stevens Point hockey tie? This is three straight weeks of the Pointers getting ties, this time against St. Olaf, 5-5. Five to five. Uh, UW Stout beats, I'm sorry, loses to Lake Forest five to four, uh, and beats them five to two. Superior played Bethel on Friday. They get a one to nothing win for you, Aaron. Whoa, they did it just that? for you, and then yeah, they finished the weekend. I, call, I called in a friend to ask if they could do that. For good, good. Yeah. And then the next game, for Saturday, they come out, and UW Superior gets a six to one win over St. Mary's. Um, River Falls played Hamlin, loses six to five, and then did they have another one? No, that's it. So they just get the 6-5 loss. So River Falls falling down in that one. That's not great for me. I'm sorry. They also lost to St. Olaf. on That was a Thursday game, so I didn't see it right away. So that's your D3 men's hockey. In women's hockey, uh, Eau Claire beats Northland and then also beats UW-Superior. River Falls beats Northland. They beat them 8 to nothing. And then River Falls gets a 4 to nothing win over UWSP. Uh, so that's... Women's hockey for that, and then there were not any games this weekend from the NCHA. In men's basketball, this week we had a couple games started for D3. Again, we're looking at uh, lacrosse, Whitewater, and Platteville all having very good rankings to start the year. Uh, lacrosse and Whitewater both start off 3-0. and uh, Platteville goes 2-0. and River Falls wins their only game. Oshkosh, who is predicted to win the, the conference this year, starts off 2-1. and uh, UWSP even gets a two and zero or two and one split here. Uh, Oshkosh got a tough loss at Calvin in Grand Rapids. They lose fifty six to fifty nine. So that's where basketball is standing right now. Uh, in football, uh, Lacrosse beats Platteville. Whitewater also wins. So Whitewater and Lacrosse, both being top ten teams, are going to the NCAA playoffs. They are both co-champions um but look of course whitewater beat lacrosse in lacrosse this year by three so they're i would say they're really the champions they're the ones who won both of them are in the same uh quarter of the bracket here whitewater will be playing aurora to start things off if they win they'll play the winner of mount saint joseph and alma lacrosse will be playing wartburg that's number seven versus number 12 uh, but wartburg was the division champ or conference champ uh, the winner will play the w- the winner of uh, St. John's in Collegeville and Northwestern St. Paul. By the way, that's going to be St. John's in Collegeville. Uh, if you recall and you listen to our podcast, you know that St. John's in Collegeville beat UW-Whitewater earlier this year and is kind of a traditional power in this. So the only way lacrosse and Whitewater will play would be the quarterfinals heading into the Final Four. Uh, also, the fun story here. Uh, to end with is that UW River Falls gets invited to the second annual Isthmus Bowl in Madison, Wisconsin. It is, I believe, the only bowl game in D3. I'm not joking. So they will be playing Washington University of St. Louis in the Culver's Isthmus Bowl. So that's fun. I mean, River Falls had a very good year. They were a top 25 team. Uh, they had a, so, so, a lot of things going. So it's the only team that they, 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 so the top 12 make the D3, right? Uh, no, no, it's it. Well, I mean, top, it's a whole 16. lot of automatic bids too. Yeah. So there's what's see, um, 
two, four, six, eight, 16, 32. 32 teams okay. make the playoffs. So River Falls as not a division champion, not a conference champion, and not one of the top group to get okay. in in that at-large group. It was one of the best teams there. This is the second year in a row that River Falls has been invited to the Culver's Isthmus that's Bowl. That's fun. That's fun. I like it. Yeah, yeah I think it's fantastic. Uh, so that's that's good times. So anything else you wanted to add, Aaron? We went a little long just because we had a lot to say, but anything else to add? Oh, I, I, I can't believe I brought up Marquette, Michigan. Uh, and, uh, of course, November 10th, uh, the 30... No, the 47th anniversary of the sinking of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh, that's right. You did put up some good stuff on that, actually. It was really nice. Oh, my God. It's a big part of my life, man. I lived yeah. in Duluth Superior for 18 of eighteen of my 43 years. So it's, you know, it's, you can't not know about that. So it's, right. it's, a, it's, it's, an, it's an, an amazing story um, and one of Wisconsin history that people should not, just because it was superior, don't, it, it's, still, it's still Wisconsin history, okay. people. So we, we will. I do want to also say we didn't bring this up at the top of the show, but uh, oh, yeah. we had two big losses for the Badger family this this week. Um, Brent Moss actually passed away today, mm-hmm. the day that we're recording on Monday. Um, one of, I mean, just one of those guys who really built up what is the current Badger program. Uh, one of the first great running backs of the n- new modern era. The, he, was, the, he was Barry Alvarez's first dude, man. Yeah, him and, and Terrell Fletcher. In that first group yep. that got them to that Rose Bowl, uh, it, you Rose know, Bowl just MVP too. Just yep. um, that built so much for them to go on there. Uh, one of the greatest games. He was such a great college back. Um, had a lot of other problems going on. He did have, uh, I believe, he had a drug arrest right before he got drafted. Unfortunately, uh, had a lot of problems, but uh, played in the NFL for a short while. Uh, gone far too soon. Far too soon. Uh, also, even much younger. Um, Devin Chandler, former Badger football player who transferred to UVA, uh, was one of the the young people uh, shot and killed at, at campus of uh, Virginia this weekend. Uh, so obviously, prayers go out to all of their families. Um, not just because they're Badgers, but I mean there were a lot of other people involved in that, and uh, that's it's an unforgivable thing. It's a it's a hard thing to deal with that somebody that young and that talented, or just anyone. It's hard to say. Just just anyone have to go through something like that to be taken so quickly uh, away is, is just it's an unforgivable sort of thing to go through. So um, we would, you know, our prayers are with everybody uh, in, in both their families at this time. Uh, but that's a sad way to end this. But um, they were great people who did great things. And we remember the, their fight in, in so many ways. And we just like to talk about sports here, but uh, these are people who are doing great things and uh, they're just able to have their fight visible in front of us in many ways and sometimes not in so many ways. But uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week and hopefully we won't have any of this um, sorrowful little talk to end anything next week. Um, we'll just talk about sports and we'll talk about life and moving forward here. So. Uh, thank you again. You can follow the show at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me at Not So Humble Host. And you can follow Aaron at Cheddar Talk. And remember, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at Scotty Johnny One or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.